welcome back to the SBK betting podcast. We're in that period of the year where we jump from flat to jumps and all things all over the place a little bit. But we were very pleased that we got the flat season back to an absolute flyer last weekend. SBK sponsored the Lincoln and just the way it should pan out that the SBK tipster, our man on online with us, TC, back the winner, tipped the winner, 49 to 1 officially, Johan in the Lincoln. TC, are you still recovering from what must have been an epic weekend? Yeah, I was lucky enough to be on, on course. Um, it was a phenomenal day. Uh, the weather was brilliant as well. My first trip up to Yorkshire, actually, and the weather was fantastic. So I must be a good omen. Um, and yeah, when, when Chindit won, I thought this is always going to be good. Um, heading towards Johan and Hortzadar in the Lincoln. And I was a bit surprised, to be fair, that Johan got past Celine because I thought he had the run of the race. He was a bit keen early, but uh, he was the unexposed four-year-old. But no, Sylvester D'Souza power-packed in the drive, got Johan up. I lost my voice for a good 20 minutes after the race. Um, and I think my manager went a bit silent after because I couldn't stop talking. Um, but yeah, it, it was fantastic, Jess. Oh, brilliant. Well, it's a great way to, to begin a statement of intent from the SBK podcast um, as, a, as, as to, the, to the rest of the flat season. So we'll be hoping for plenty more of those. So no pressure. Uh, James and I, we had our road bear was our each way shot, 28 to 1. Definitely very happy with that. And then obviously... Uh, we had Ross's each way selection 14 to 1 for Alzara Khan in the Magnolia States. I thought that he was quite unlucky actually not to get a bit closer. And and uh, James's next best gangway was a good winner at 92 at Wolverhampton. So we had a lot of fun with the flat last week, but we've got to go back to the jumps um, as we do at this kind of period of the, of the year. We're looking at a lot of big uh, April festivals. We've got the Grand National meeting coming up next week, but unusually, the Scottish national meeting comes before entry. Uh, trainers having to pick between this and primarily the Scottish Grand National or the Grand National. Um, prize money in the Scottish National is 85,000 compared to well, well, well more for the Grand National. So I know what I would pick, but we do have a good weekend of action at air. And that's where we're going to prioritise this podcast for this weekend. And we're going to start with the Scottish champion hurdle, which uh, different to most champion hurdles, it's a limited handicap, um, which means that uh, horses are allocated weights for this. Run over two miles, as the champion hurdles always are, and West Cork heads the betting at 3-1 to one off the back of a very solid effort in the county hurdle. Last year's winner, Milkwood, 7-2, one more for the road is 7-2, Baricello, 7-1, Anna Benina, 10s, and 11-1, to one bigger the rest. So we've got last year's winner, who was on a mark eight pound lower last year, only two runs since, including a second in the Galway hurdle. He's back over hurdles. And we'll start with, with TC, because you're in fine form, trying to translate that back over to jumps again. Can he do it after quite a light campaign, back over hurdles, as I say, but with a which with a much bigger weight than this time last year? Yeah, well, firstly, I think it's it's sad that we're back over jumps. I was getting into the, the swing of the flat, um, looking forward to the summer. But yeah, as you say, back over the jumps. I'm with Milkwood in the Scottish champion hurdle. I, this race doesn't really deserve champion hurdle status, does it? I mean, there's only one horse in here that's rated higher than 142. Um, it's, a, it's a glorified handicap, basically. But um, Milkwood won this race last year off eight pound lower, as you say. I think he's going to manage to um, record back-to-back successes in the race. Now, we haven't really seen the best of Milkwood since he won the race last year. He finished second in the Galway hurdle on his next start behind Salier, which was a phenomenal run. But this year, they were trying to go chasing with him, and it just didn't pan out. He didn't jump very well on a seasonal reappearance and connections clearly thought, right, 
let's just get back to what we know with Milkwood. We know he handles there. We know he likes reasonably quick ground. And we know that he goes well over hurdles. So let's go to the Scottish champion hurdle. This has been the target ever since. There should be some pace in here as well with one more for the road in the field. Barrichello too could go forward. That'll suit um, Milkwood because he's such a strong traveller in his races. He just thrives when the pace partially or fully collapses. I think it will in here and Milkwood looks to play to me. He was, I think he looked well handicapped last year. I'm just not entirely sure if he still is. He's 72. As you say, it's not a vintage Scottish champion hurdle by any means. Um, we'll get more into that because I'm looking back through the years. We've had some real standout horses running in this race. And you look through it and you think there probably is something that is quite nicely handicapped. I know one man who's quite happy to have the jumps back as our focus, which is Ross Miller, uh, obviously purring at this opportunity and for the next few weeks to, to get back to your, to your favourite code. Uh, is there something in here that is possibly is well handicapped? Um, I think I agree with what you say. I mean, £8 higher for Miltwood. Uh, Anna Benina is £13 better off for a four-length defeat. Now, she's been regressive. Uh, Miltwood, we just haven't seen him. Um, so, tentatively, I came down on Barrichello off a mark of 144. You could argue he's well-treated, given his uh, defeat of uh, good risk at all. Gave him £6, beat him half a length. Now, you have to factor in that good risk at all has clearly improved for stepping up in trips. So you can't take it literally. But I like the fact that, unlike some in the field, he's come here a little bit fresher. He didn't go to Cheltenham. Um, so he comes here a little bit fresher. His form has been very solid. Uh, Brian Hughes chasing down that 200. Um, I, I thought at 7-1, to one, he was a, a fair shout in, a, in a, a poor race that I haven't got a hugely strong opinion on. Yeah, I would be the same opinion. Not a massive um, race in terms of depth. Um, I've touched on this point that looking back over the years, we've seen horses with low weights in this come good. Chesterfield, Midnight Shadow and Cockney Sparrow in 2014 with nine stone 11, helped by my tentle yours who pushed the weights down for everything. I'll come to you next, James. Has Milkwood's big weight helped anything at the bottom of the handicap here? Well, firstly, back to Milkwood. I think he's our most likely winner. But I'm concerned last year he ran Betfair third in the county and then he won a Scottish Champion hurdle. So clearly that chase debut was a disaster. I'm not sure anything really cropped up. So for me, I want to see how strong he is in the market on the morning. Um, so I'm going to go each way, one of those lightly weighted ones. Socialist agenda for Laura Morgan. She's a trainer that's impressed this season in particular. It didn't start off that well. Um, Socialist agenda was free from free in his bumpers. He's actually an ex-Gredley horse. George Scott trained picked up very cheaply a few years ago the team has been patient with him but he got a nice mark he won both his hurdles so far the last one was a valuable race at Mosseborough now he's actually six months out of the handicap so the fact that a shoe trainer like Laura Morgan is prepared to, to risk that handicap mark for a big prize I think he's a crack in each way angle into a race where there's question marks over the top two West Cork had a hard race at, at Cheltenham which would have been his main aim of the, of the spring festivals and obviously Milkwood I'm just slightly concerned as to what Milkwood's going to turn up. Uh, and I think the market will tell us a lot more on the day. So I'm going to put an each one one and that's social agenda. Okay, 12 to one, um, nine runners. So uh, definitely each way value around. I'm going to take a differing opinion with West Cork. I, I thought we ran an absolute blinder in the county and what I'd imagine is going to turn out into a good race. All the right horses were in and around him. And yes, he's probably laid out for that. But 
Uh, he's been very lightly raced this year. He's been lightly racing his whole career because of uh, through to injury. And he's only up a pound for that good run. And I think that form is head and tails above a lot of these. So yes, he's three to one favorite, but he probably could be, he would have, it could be a lot, lot shorter than that. And he might be come, come the day. But as James has rightly pointed out, it would be interesting to see if there's any move from Milkwood. Um, but yes, not the, not a rate filled with depth um neither is the next race where we're going to look at the future champions novice chase um at three o'clock over two mile four and a half furlongs in terms of there's not a huge amount turning up there's only the five but it is a bit of a puzzle to work out because all of them have huge question marks there's nothing that's coming in here uh in in huge form um and there's there's only two of them that come here off the back of a win. Manella Drama is currently the nine to four favorite. Do your job is one of those that comes in off the back of a win. He's five to two. A Rodoto nine to two. Kilty Briggs five to one. Jackamart eleven to two. There's really not a huge amount separating all five in the betting. So that makes it a very tricky puzzle to solve. Um, I'll I'll start with Ross first because we had a very good day a few months ago now when we all I think uh, got on pick Dory um, a horse that and that, I think it was a good weekend for you in general Ross um, and that was when Manella Drama was con- comprehensively beaten by pick Tory. Um, what do you think of that run and I just felt like Kempton just didn't suit so perhaps our air might be a, a nicer track for him. Yeah I agree I sort of I mean, I have to say, this is probably one of the least favourite races we've covered since since the start of the season. Future champions, yeah, right. Um, do your job as a horse, I thought, was as much of a certainty as I ever get with horses last time, stepping up in trip. I, I wrote about him on the SBK uh, platform as a well-handicapped horse, and he fell in last time. Um, so I've gone pretty cool on him. Il Rodoto has looked a weak finisher since winning in Presby at Newbury. He could improve for a step up in, in trip back on better ground, but he's worn a tongue tie his whole, whole career with Paul Nichols. And it wouldn't surprise me if he's one that we see next season having off the back of a wind up um, at the start of the year. So Medina drama was the selection um, and painted back favorites and certainly put up favorites at the best of times, but he's not the best jumper. He's got a five pound penalty concede. Um, but I think probably a repeat of his Haydock win is probably going to be good enough for this. And he does again come here fresher than some that have sort of gone to gone to Cheltenham. So, I mean, a really poor race. I, I won't be having a bet in it, but if you ask me who I thought would win, probably Manella Drama. Yeah, I don't mean the, the name is, is a bit ironic, really. Um, but uh, it's, it's a race that we're exploring and we're going to try and find the winner Manila drama I just think there's a couple of negatives I think there is that shoulder that penalty to shoulder is in a in, in a race like this not ideal um uh TC any major thoughts about this this race I thought do your job should be favorite um last night he didn't jump very well as Ross said he should have won that race and he did only narrowly um but he was clearly the best horse in that field if he jumps better then I think he'll probably win and he deserves to be favorite however there's no value in that price given his tendency to miss a few fences I really like Il Rodotto. Now, maybe not for this race. I like him as a future horse, not as a champion. Um, but I thought he shaped so well in the Grand Annual. He was actually my biggest eye catcher of the week um, in the handicaps. He moved into the race on that day when it was just horrible weather, horrible conditions. The ground was all torn up. You could barely see anything. But he was the horse that scooted around the outside and actually looked like playing a big part in the finish. 
Now, he weakened from the bottom of the hill up to the finishing line. Um, he didn't stay the two miles well after making a huge, huge mid-race move. I think he wasn't ridden very efficiently, to be honest, but that could have been just put down to the, the conditions. Now, back on better ground, maybe he'll improve for the step-up and trip. We don't actually know that the trip will suit. He only ran over two mile three in France, and he was a bit of a weak finisher there as well. He got passed in the closing furlong. But if he does improve for the step-up and trip, then I think he's the, the best handicapped horse in this field. So I'm going to take a plunge on Il Rodotto. Ryan Frost on board, Harry Cobden's chosen to stay at Newbury for a good pick of rides, I think. So, yeah, look, he's a bit of a puzzle. He's clearly got bags of talent. And does it concern, you know, obviously he's a five-year-old, so he's been getting a lot of age weight allowances, you know, and especially in, in, in other races, but he's 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 pretty much on level weights with like the likes of Jackamar and, and, and do your job. So he's not getting that advantage here. No, it's not getting a weight advantage, but he is unexposed. He only had five starts with Paul Nichols. We're probably yet to see the best of him as well. And when he won earlier this season, he looked like a real future star. As a, Again, I'll say not champion, but a future star for Nichols. And look, he's only going to improve as the years go on. Paul Nichols is still just scraping um, the top off Il Rodotto. We haven't got to the bottom of him at all. And he may just show like he's a much better horse over this kind of trip. So I think he's a value player in the race. Though, as I say earlier, I wouldn't be surprised if Do Your Job just won. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Five to two about do your job at the moment. I think his his form is is the best in the book. He's just bumped into Edward Stone and third time lucky this season. And uh, this is tougher than his last win, but he's a he's a he's a consistent enough and likable horse in this field. What what are your thoughts, James? Yeah, the guys have kind of surmised it quite well. I'm gonna stick with do your job. Um at the weights, he's just about best in the five pound penalty for Manila Drama means he's three pounds worse off with do your job if it was a handicap. And Miller Jarman's had a hard season. He's kind of had to hard races every single time. So I do think do your job about Edward Stone form and a wayward lad at Kempton reads quite well. Irodoto would have been a choice, but two and a half is a question mark, especially on the back of a race at Cheltenham in heavy ground, which wouldn't have suited him, but he finished tired up the hill. So he's going to have to put a failed effort in. It's just 17 days later. So it, it is a race where you're, you're hard to be, have strong convictions about, um, but do your job. I just thought that was a cracking run behind Edward Stone in a way with Lad, and, and he did at least win last time at Newcastle, set up to two and a half, and um, without that penalty, I think he's, he's the one to be with, but it's um, a tricky little contest, that one. Yeah, I agree with you there. I would do a job, I think, just the more, more positives to him with a lot of horses with <laughs> several negatives. Uh, we'll, we'll head straight into the Scottish Grand National, the feature, feature race, which does have a really good feel to it. Um, four miles is the trip. Uh, Obviously, as I was saying earlier, there's been a bit, bit of a dilemma for, for trainers choosing either this or, or the Grand National, which normally this comes after um, the, the main feature Grand National. But we've got um, a, an unusual situation this year where, where it's coming ahead of ahead of time, um, according to the betting. And all the hype has been about Christian Williams holding the aces. Uh, he's got the two... Uh, uh, market leaders in Kitty's Light at five to one and win my wings, um, the winner of the Ida Chase at 13 to two. For Pat Farr, he's Stormy Judge is 10 to one. He's got two runners in this race. The Ferry Masters 11s, the Wolf 12 with Major Dundee, Fantastic Ass for the Twist and Davises is 14, along with Ashtown Lad and History of Fashion, who's the other run runner for Pat Farhi. We've got plenty of other prices that we can get come into um, depending on who the lads have chosen here. Um, Ross, we'll start with you first. Um, Christian Williams, as I said, Kitty's Light was a very game second in that Coral Trophy. Again, this is good. We go back to your weekend, um, weekend of all weekends when you tipped up Win My Wings. 
wanted to know your assessment of this mayor. You know, she's got a uh, she has gone up in the weights, but she's got Rob James on board, which is an interesting jockey booking. He's taking seven pounds up, so she's only officially up one pound for that success. Do you think that gives her a really good opportunity in a, in a race where she holds a very lively chance according to the betting? Yeah, I mean, I'd have, I would have given her a sound enough chance if they hadn't acclaimed. She went up eight pound, and she she only won effectively two lengths at the end. I'm sure Ryan Manning would be the first to admit he got there plenty soon enough and all she did from the back of the second last was idle all the way home. Um, I very rarely have seen a horse move through the closing stages of a handicap chase and get to the front as easily as she did. Um, so I didn't think an £8 rise was unfair. The fact they've taken taken £7 off uh, with Rob James, who was, was put in for some big rides at Cheltenham, so he's clearly held in some regard, um, can only help her. It's good ground. It's a flat track. It's left-handed. There's an awful lot of parallels with with Newcastle. Um, I think she's very, very hard to to argue against. She's a she's a, a short enough price for a big handicap chase at sort of thirteen to two. But I certainly like her a lot. I would give Cool Mix a chance. Um, Alan Doyle's done very well for his seven pound claim, five pound lower than when fifth last year. Hill sixteen. You've got to feel sorry for them. He got a nine pound rise finishing from behind Nutswell last time. Um, if they'd have given him 10 or 11, he might have actually got into the Grand National. They probably would have preferred that. They've given him £9 have probably knocked any chance he's got of winning this. One more flurry was one that I found interesting, was a really impressive winner on this card last year, has been regressive, having gone up £10, is now back down six. If a return to this track brings back some improvement, he'd be interesting. But the one I've, I've liked along with Win My Wings, but at a much bigger price, is Streets of Doyen. Um, this is much easier than races he's been contesting. Mm. He was a good third in the Albert Bartlett last year, which shows he's got a touch of class and plenty of stamina. If he can get into a rhythm with his jumping, and that, and that is a bit of an if, because he has looked less than fluent at times, but I don't have him marked as a bad jumper. Slightly slower pace, a bit more of a trip, 40 to 1, off a mark of 138 seemed a big price to me. So win my wings for win purposes. And I probably have a little bit each way on Streets of Doyen for John McConnell. Yeah, 40 to 1 for Streets of Doyen, who's clearly highly regarded, as you say, looking at the races they campaigned him over. Just the trips have been very varied. So they're giving this a go after trying plenty of different routes. So is it that they haven't quite worked it out or they think he's very versatile? I, don't, I, I honestly couldn't tell you. It's, you look at his uh, programme and you just couldn't figure out what they think he is, you know, because I, I, I think they must be the only people that thought he had any right to run in the, the Brown Advisory at Cheltenham. I mean, it must have just been a run for a day out, but why he wouldn't have run in a Ultima or a Kim Muir or something where he'd have had a, a feasible chance. So I would have had him marked as wanting to go up in trip, having watched him over hurdles. But he did run a decent race over, I think it was two mile three. Um, so I quite like the fact he's got a bit of pace to perhaps hold a position. Um, I'm sure he'll stay, or, or, or I'm fairly sure he'll stay. Um, 138 just didn't seem a particularly high mark for a horse that clearly has got a touch of quality. Yeah, and Kieran Buckley takes five pounds off this horse. And there are quite a few um, jockeys in here taking a few few pounds off um, backs of, of, of horses. Win My Wings, as I said, being one of them. Rob James is a big, big name in Ireland on the point-to-point -point circuit, a big association with Gordon Elliott as well. So that is a very interesting jockey booking. Um, James, um, Kitty's Light is the other, um, as we say, Christian Williams runner who 
has she, he's been a real marvel really considering his breeding you think of a nathaniel he's a very small he's a smallish horse as well i was just quite concerned in a race like this a bit like what happened in the labrooks trophy where he just couldn't keep up with them all and he just never got involved at all but you look back through the years and he's just been so versatile at different racetracks and he stays on so well and he's such an admirable sort but he's short enough or, or is, is he a horse that you think can and bounce on from that good second in the Coral Trophy? I think he's got a cracking chance. Mostly if it's the first time real in excess of three miles apart from the Labrook, which is quite a classy affair and, and they went off hard early and he just didn't seem himself on that occasion. So I'll, I'll forgive him that. But the fact is in the Bet365 at Sandown at the back end of last year, um, he should have been the winner, shouldn't he? Uh, Potterman got awarded the race. He was the one that got badly interfered with by Enrillo. And that was the 3-5 where he set on so strongly up the hill. Um, Jack Tudor can't claim the three anymore. He's just written out of his claim. That is, that is my only negative. But I think Kempton's too sharp for him. Um, he's run there the last three times. Two of them have been good runs. Obviously, he set on strongly um, to be beat by Stablemate Captain Maud last time out. Brian Hughes rode on that occasion. Jack gets on board again tomorrow. I think um, the fact that they are putting a £7 claim on my wings, not Nick Schofield, who has ridden with my wings to win before, um, does suggest that they think the handicap has got her about right and this might just be a little bit too much for her. So I think definitely Kitty's Light's the number one from, from the yard. And I don't think it's that strong a Scottish national. I thought the frame master, another one that could certainly go out in each way, price and be in the frame once again, like he was last year when finishing fourth. But the each way market's kind of been taken up by him. He's now single figure price. So that's not that great in each way. But I just think Kitty's Light's, Yes, short head in the market, but he's number three in the weights. So I don't think it's that great at Scottish Round National, and um, he's quite a confident selection, really, for, for the amount of runners we've got in the race. He's always the horse that runs his race. I just, I was just concerned. I just didn't, I was just concerned about that Labrooks Trophy run. I remember reading the comments from Christian Williams saying that sometimes the size of him and he can get a little bit lost in those big, big, bigger fields, although he didn't show that at Kempton last time. So it's difficult to sort of read him. I just think he, he is short, albeit I just have loved his his uh, his attitude in, in big, big field handicaps um, when things have gone right. So confidence behind both of Christian Williams' selections from, from Ross and um, from James. TC, um, where, how have you uh, assessed this race and, and, and worked it out? I respect both of Christian Williams' runners. I have to say that. I think Kitty's like the right favourite in the race, and I definitely wouldn't be surprised if he won. Last time out at Kempton, I thought he shaped really nicely, um, and he, he deserves a, a crack at this prize and probably deserves to win a race like this, given how well he's competed in similar contests over the last year or two years. Um, however, I, I want a bit of juice in the prize for a Scottish national. Um, I think that's maybe just a, a national thing. I always look for something to beat the favourites. Um, and I'm going to be waving that Irish flag. If only I had one, I'd be like, Waved it oh, like here this, we go but, again. Uh, <laughs> no, but I, they dominated the Midlands National, right? And I, I see this as a, a similar kind of race. In fact, it's probably weaker. And the fact that Pat Farhi's entered two runners suggests that they've both been lined up for this for a long period, uh, a long time ago. Now, his number one string is undoubtedly Stormy Judge, um, who beat two very talented performers last year um, when he ran at uh, Navan. He beat a horse called Enjoy Dalen who is subsequently being bought by JP McManus um, and will run in the Grand National. Um, and he also beat a horse called Schoolboy Hours, who's also owned by JP McManus and won a 28-runner Leopardstown handicap um, subsequently. So the form has worked out really well. This year, he had a pipe opener over hurdles, which was clearly a, 
a prep run to get rid of the rust. Last time out, I thought he shaped nicely, made a big mid-race move, very much like Il Rodotto, actually. A mid-race move and then seemed to weaken. I just don't think he was 100% for that. He's been left on his, his Irish mark. There's no Irish tax here, Ross. Uh, one three nine. I think Stormy judges the play. You sounded like you need to give JP Manus a call and ask him why he hasn't bought <laughs> Stormy Judge after this, but he might do should Pat Fahey get this winner in the bag. I think I read somewhere that Pat Fahey is always, I thought it was quite random, always wanted to win the Scottish National because he had a favourite in the race back in the 90s that had to be pulled out the day of the race because the ground was too quick. So uh, he's always wanted to come back and uh, the jockey booking is pretty confident, isn't it, with Danny Mullins? Well, he's probably the best rider in the race, isn't he, Danny Mullins? Um, we've all seen his, his prowess over the last few months. He's a brilliant rider. The fact he's come over just to ride Stormy Judge um, has to be a pointer in itself. And I love the fact that you just said about Pat Farr, he wanted to win the race. I didn't know that, so I'm even more confident now. Well, let's uh, let's see. As you say, got two. Um, he's firing two bullets at it. And uh, yeah, I like his line. He said he needed the run in the Let's National last time. Should leave him spot on. So... That's uh, an in, uh, a nice selection there, a bit of juice, more juice in that price. Um, as you say, 10 to 1 currently. Um, I have found this race quite tricky, but I, I'm going to side with Fantasticast for the Twist and Davises. I think his third behind Lon Presset, Cheltenham on New Year's Day now reads really well. And that was obviously on a trip much too sharp. He's a, he's another to trackle this four mile, four mile distance. He is a novice, but I think that uh, novices have had a good record in this race, as have the Twist and Davises. Um, Sam is actually um, the most successful jockey in this race. And, uh, you know, might compete with, with Danny Mullins and, and TC is one of the best riders as well. He's had one winner and nine placed. Um, uh, sorry, Nigel said one winner and nine placed. But Sam, as I said, has won it twice and been placed four times from just 11 starts in this, which I thought was quite good stats. Um, the other names I'm going to throw out, I think if you like Win My Wings, like uh, Ross does, then you can have a couple of pounds each way on the horses that were just behind her in the Ida chase. And that's both Innisfree Lad and Court Master. Uh, Court Master, I think a little bit more of, who's dropped, he was... Uh, who stepped up in trip with plenty of encouragement um, and he comes into this off the same mark. And um, he's a really fine jumper, which you definitely need. And um, I think he's a bit more value at 18 to one than obviously Win My Wings, who was uh, eight and a bit lengths ahead of him that day. So uh, if the handicapper has got the better of her um, and it doesn't work out with Rob James, then we've got Courtmaster, who wasn't disgraced in behind her. So that is the Scottish National, um, the feature race at Air on, on Saturday. Uh, we'll, we'll leave Air and we'll head to Newbury, who hosts their final race uh, jumps meeting of the of the year. And their competitive looking novice mares hurdle finals where we'll look at next two mile four and a half furlongs it's a a grade two it's another limited handicap and unsurprisingly a big field as connections look for valuable black, black type for their mares and the grand national hopes no leopardess won this in 2017 as did one of our mares tant cc when it was just a listed race your gut is see it's now a grade two would have been fun to have won one of those anyway um the favorite is speech bubble who's 72 who only found love envoy too good for her last time out at sandown uh we've got Corey's courage who's unbeaten she's five to one sabrina 13 to two and then a bit of a jump out to next door to alice tens holly huntingo uh good luck charm and nina the terrier is 11 to one um so ross as I said, these connections of mares are always looking to find a bit of black type. It's quite an interesting race over the years because you've found mares who've been a, another well handicapped sorts and can be quite a tricky puzzle to work out this race. Yeah, I thought it was a very, a very tricky puzzle. 
Um, the angle I took was that if you fancy speech bubble at seven to two, uh, her penultimate run, she was an impressive winner at uh, Newbury. 17 lengths behind was uh, Largy G, again from Noel Williams. But Largy G gets a pull of 20 pound at the weights and she's 50 to one. And I just thought that was far too big given that reason alone. Then when you look at her form, it's not all that bad. Her first hurdle start, she was beaten just uh, a neck by Tequila Blaze, who's now 120. Second hurdle start, beaten uh, two lengths, getting uh, £10 by uh, Dragon Bones, who's 132 rated. So a mark of 109 doesn't look unreasonable. She showed good form at the track. The long straight at Newbury seemed to suit her well. Uh, when she finished uh, third last time behind speech bubble I thought 50 to 1 was far too big for a mare having just her fifth hurdle start in a race where you could make a case for pretty much most of the field it's quite remarkable really that uh, I, I think I, I can see at least six mares with a mark of 110 <laughs> attempting to win a grade two it's just mental really but it's it is where it is and that's how the program works out um James um uh, what, what do you think in this, as, as, as Ross has said, there are mares with much better weight, essentially. Look, I've got a lot of respect for Speech Bubble, but is she too high in the handicap here? Well, she's a class act, isn't she? And she's done well in the bumper sphere and over hurdles when she's had to come up against strong competition. That second at Sandown in the uh, the mayor's final uh, last year behind Flat H Girl was a good effort at 40 to 1. And then she ran well there again. Last time, heavy ground, soft ground, real good form, and that kind of surface. It's not going to be that soft, and she's got to give away a lot of weight. Sabrina, she won at Ascot on her second bumper start. Unfortunately, effectively pulled up on her next run and missed 600 days off the track. It's taken her a while to, to find some form again, but I thought it was a, a cute win by Harry Cobden at Wing County. He didn't really ask her for everything. He kind of nipped up the standside rail and was always going to get up, and he looked quite happy afterwards, and um, I just felt that off bottom weight, she's two pound handicaps, like to be 10 pound higher than, than Wink Ant. And it's a race where, like you mentioned, six of them are out of the weights. Uh, I don't think it's that strong a mayor's final. Uh, with Cheltenham, quite a few would have gone for the, the mayor's novice, um, and that probably would have given them too hard a race to come back for this race here. So I don't think it's quite as strong as recent years. And I just thought Sabrina for lightweight was certainly worth uh, giving a chance to. Yeah, she's 13 to 2. Now, often does Paul Nichols manage to get one well handicapped, but that looked the case at Wincanton last time. And I was lucky enough to be at Paul Nichols's yesterday, and I asked Clifford, his assistant, about Sabrina because I was very keen on her myself. And he said she's definitely still well handicapped. Um, and that's a man who doesn't normally say a huge amount. So I took that as a bit of a confidence boost. Um, so I'm with you there, James, as, as well. Uh, I, I do like Sabrina. I think she's clearly had her issues as well. She had over a year off the track and she's just slowly just getting there. But she's definitely talented. Um, and if she, if she, I imagine, as they said to me, she's much better than that mark. So um, that gives a, a, a bit of a confidence behind her. Um, TC, I'll come to you for the for the final time for the for this week. Um, we've uh, had a couple of negatives around speech bubble. At least uh, we're going against the favourite. Are you with her or are you against her? Well, I'm actually heading to Newbury, so I was looking at this uh, race from a long period out. I think on Monday I started having a look at this race, and John Joe and Neil was actually booked for speech bubble originally. Now, uh, final declarations, 48-hour declarations, uh, Gavin Sheehan's been booked, so there's a jockey change there, um, but I'm all over speech bubble. She's going to be my nap of the day, which we'll get to in a minute, um, but I, I think she's going to be primed for this race. 
as the lads have already mentioned, she won at Newbury earlier this season um, and she won pretty decisively that day. She's better on testing ground, so I'm a bit disappointed that the forecast rain, which we had on Sunday for the whole of this week, hasn't really materialised. Um, there was a bit of rain this morning, a bit of rain yesterday, but that's been about it. Um, so maybe the ground's probably gone against her, but at the same time, she's the class of this race. She loves the track. She gets the trip perfectly. She's been primed at this event. I can't see her being beaten. She's going to be my nap of the day. Wow. There's a lot of confidence behind Noel Williams' mare. He hasn't, I was just looking at his stats quickly. He hasn't had a runner in the last 14 days. I know he doesn't have any, he doesn't have a huge amount of horses, but he's, uh, he's obviously been fairly quiet, but this is a, a big opportunity for him to land one of his, his biggest races of, of his career. Um, we will stick with you then, uh, TC, given us your nap. Um, in, a, in a weekend where we've devoted all our time to jumps, you must have had a look at the racing at Lingfield. Yeah, of course I did. So as, as I said, I'll just go over the nap quickly, which is speech bubble in the 2.45 at Newbury. But the next best, yes, is at Lingfield. And we're going to get a short price. So this is one for accumulators for multiple bets. Um, unfortunately, the race is cut up since I looked at it, where there was a couple of interesting uh, rivals against the selection, which is El Sal's in the 2.30 at Lingfield. Rafe Beckett did have a horse in here that run once and finished second on debut. And I thought the fact that she was in this field would mean that El Sal's would go off a nice price, but that's not going to be the case. Um, he's probably going to be four to five, four to six. But the last time I guessed the price, I was very wrong. Um, so maybe this time, you know, hopefully we, we might get a bit of odds against. But he was part of the Shadwell dispersal sale, cost 175,000 guineas. And he was picked up by Kevin Philippart Defoy, who's just done incredibly well with his um, string so far. Um, the flag bearer has been a horse called Al Rabe, who won earlier this week, uh, earlier this week. Also a horse that was picked up from the Shadwell dispersal sale. Now, this horse, um, El ran on debut for Richard Hannon, finished third in a York Maiden, stayed on powerfully under Hanson Hills Drive, clearly capable of much better than that. I think he'll probably develop into a leading handicapper for Kevin Philippard Defoy this year. This should be um, a certainty if he, if he runs to that form. Now, he's going to be a short price, as I say, but uh, he's definitely worth including in your multiple bets. Yeah, got really interesting profile. Um, so they, they, I think they only just kept the fillies, didn't they? So this is one of them that went for a hell of a lot of money. Um, and uh, yeah, really interesting pickup there. So that is TC's giving us his nap and his, his next best for Saturday. Uh, Ross, we'll come up to you next. So the 150 airs where I go for my nap, uh, Nicky Henson trained Dusart. I thought he took a massive step forward uh, at Cheltenham in the Brown Advisory jumped much better for going left-handed, travelled very well, and then perhaps didn't get home in the in the sort of soft ground we had uh, for that contest. Going the correct way around, a mark of 147. He's better than that, and he's better than these. I think he'll take a bit of beating, provided the fairly short turnaround from Cheltenham hasn't left its mark. Uh, and then my next best uh, to Chepstow, the 142, the Tim Vaughan train, Clementia been desperate to see this horse stepped up in trip from two and a half miles um he'd struggled to get a grip over fences to start with it got there and then they upped him in trip to an extended three mile one furlong at hereford and the ground turned very soft and he simply didn't get home three miles on good ground round chaps i think he's uh looking good for that uh down to a very reasonable mark and i'd be disappointed if he didn't go close Okay, so interesting selections from Ross there to back up TCs. We'll go up to James next. Yeah, I'm sticking with air as well. Uh, the opening contest to 115, Sebastopol. Uh, bit of a frustrating character, but like a lot of Tom Lacey's absolutely flying. He's come back from a break fresh and well. We had a canter round at Kempton the other day, um, but the form got a nice boost actually on Sunday 
when uh, Golden Boy Grey, the runner-up, he was comprehensively beaten, uh, won a nice prize at Ascot on Sunday. So he's off £8 higher mark. I still think he's well-treated and he's a pretty progressive chaser in, in that opening two-mile contest. Sebastopol, it's a nap. And next versus Kitty's Light, I think um, it's not a particularly strong Scottish nationalist time around. I think Kenton's been too sharp for him on his last three starts. You ran a cracker to finish second last time out. Christian Williams has got a knack of landing these big handicaps. And I know he's got the second favourite, but with Jack Tudor on Kitty's Light, I think that's the clear number one. Uh, Jack actually opposed him last time. He's back on board on this occasion, and I think he'll be winning the Scottish Grand National. Okay, so uh, just a, a quick one with those naps from Ross and James. Sebastopol is five to two, and uh, Dusart is three to one um, as we speak. Um, so nap sections all in from James it Ross can't and T. About odds on five yeah. to one on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I don't know how short mine will be, but um, after getting the reaction from some of the, uh, the, the, the background staff of this podcast, um, Contarelli Chapel could be pretty short for the 1,000 guineas trial at Leperstown at 310 on Saturdays. Uh, Philia Bean was so excited about when she won first time out for Aidan O'Brien. Um, she had a chip removed from her knee, so that's kept her off the track. She was disappointing on her second run, but she uh, uh, had come into season, um, so that was the reasoning for that. Um, she's a, a half sister to Fancy Blue, who I was a really big fan of. So she's bred to stay. Um, it's a weekend of Guineas trials at Leopardstown on Saturday. So uh, 2000 Guineas trials, well, where we saw Poetic Flair win last year. So it's definitely worth following on Saturday um, to get your so all, all the flat fans amongst us. Um, so that's where my nap is for Saturday. And my next best is Sabrina, um, Paul Nichols's best handicapped horse uh, he's has in training. So we'll look forward to that as well. Um, and um, this sets us up uh, nicely, the Scottish National to the uh, to Aintree and the Grand National that we're going to have this time next week. Um, so we've got Aintree previews coming and there'll be two special episodes ahead of what's going to be a cracking weekend, three days of action at Aintree. Uh, so keep an eye on those. They'll be, they'll be uh, upcoming next week. And uh, hopefully we've given you um, a little bit uh, to look forward to ahead of that. Um, don't forget the SPK offer new customers can get £30 of free bets by depositing £10. That will help you for this weekend. T's and C's always apply, uh, but hopefully we found a few uh, winning selections for you here. Thank you, as always, to, to James, to Ross, to TC. Uh, remember to like, subscribe, and we'll be back, uh, as I said, with some very exciting entry previews next week. So bye for now. Mm -hmm.